that's a good way to start. <laughs> was that recorded? I know, but now it is. Um, so Sarah decided that we were going to take a deep cleansing, grounding breath before we started. Um, I thought it was like one breath. She had several and I just started drinking my wine. So honestly, that's like the perfect, um, I think like symbol for our friendship. Just like go, 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 go. That's me. And you're just like, let's just take a minute. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have a minute. Okay. So hi everybody. Um, hi Bucky. Say hi. Our, my dog is literally right in between us because he has the biggest FOMO in the world. Okay, so let's get started. Um, first of all, I just want to say thank you to the tons and tons of people who reached out to me um, after my last episode, um, asking about my parents, giving well wishes, all the DMs that I got, or text messages. Um, really, really blew me away. And I, I told my parents every single time somebody reached out, um, they're doing better. I wanted to make sure I started with that. They're definitely not in the clear, but they are on the mend. Um, there's a, like I said, I, I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but there's this weird, and I, I'm sure you can agree, like there's this weird moment or, or uh, you know, this thing that happens when you get older and as your parents get older, you find yourself becoming more of a caretaker. Not in the sense that you're taking care of them, but like you, the way that they used to worry about you, you now worry about them. Mm-hmm. So also I think parents become toddlers. Like my parents love them. They're going to listen. Um, they're just like not drinking water. They're like thinking everything is fine. So I've, I've resorted to every time they finish a beverage, whether it's like water, Gatorade, tea, I make them send me a picture of the empty cup (laughs) because I'm like, I don't believe you. And so now I have like just pictures in my phone of like empty mugs and and, uh, water bottles. So if they're listening, they better be chugging some Gatorade. Also, the craziest part about my parents, or really specifically my dad having COVID, is not the fact that he has COVID. It's the fact that he prefers lemon Gatorade hmm. over blue. Isn't that weird? That is a weird one. Yeah. Lemon and orange. Those were the mm. flavors he asked for. And I was like, oh, so clearly I'm adopted. Like, that's the... <laughs> it's funny you say that because when I was at the store, I know you said that they you want them to be drinking more water. Yeah. So I was looking at the, the flavored waters, but the only thing they had was, like, sparkling. And I was like, that can't be good. I mean, that's dehydrating. Yeah. Yeah. No, my dad sent me a picture of him drinking, like, this Pellegrino-flavored, like, grapefruit bullshit water. And I was like, that's not... Not That's not what you're supposed to be doing. But honestly, I was like, okay, I'm going to pick my battles. Um, So, that's that. So, Sarah's here. My best friend Sarah is with me tonight, Mm -hmm. or today, or whenever you're listening. It's 7.15 p.m. for us. Um, And... She's really been, like, the biggest support system, I think, throughout this whole process of my parents going through things. She's brought them tea. She brought them a, 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 hand, a what is it, a handmade, I almost want to say, but that's not it. A like burned, a burned, a burned <laughs> CD of Italian music, which I think is, like, I mean, you can't get any better than that. Remember when you used to make your friends CDs when mm-hmm. they got their licenses? Like, this is kind of, like, the throwback to that, and I'm into it. Um, this is the first time I've ever drank while I'm doing a podcast. I just love so, that. Yeah, I'm drinking some... Some white wine, some Dreaming Tree wine, which you also turned me on to. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I mean, what are you going to do? It's such a pretty bottle. Mm. The Dreaming Tree wine, which I actually, um, I don't know if I, did I tell you the story that when I stocked up on it? 
So this wine is so good. And they don't have it at all liquor stores, which seems stupid. Um, so I found it at this one liquor store when I was on my way home from like running errands one day. And I was like, oh, they have it here. I'm going to stock up. So I literally bought five bottles of it at once. I like went to the register with like a full like arms. <laughs> and I was also, Frank had wanted me to pick up these like, um, the name is not Crate and Barrel, but it sounds like Crate and Barrel. I think it's like Crook and crooking something so these like iced tea like seltzer things um oh my god i just i've been calling them crate and barrel the entire time not true but that's fine um so, so i went up something and barrel because i think i know mm, what you're talking about sure i don't know <laughs> um it so i went to the register with like a case of these like tea spark sparkling seltzer hard seltzer whatever cans and then five bottles of wine this was a wednesday afternoon the guy, like, looked at me, and he's either thinking one of two things. One, oh, these are, like, holiday gifts, mm-hmm. like, bottles of wine. Or she's had herself a rough fucking day, <laughs> and she needs she needs something. Um, both were, were, I mean, false. I think it was, like, a fairly normal day, and I was just like, might as well stock up. So, yeah. Okay. Let's, let's just jump in. You know, apparently Dreaming Tree is Dave Matthews' band. It is. I researched this. Cool, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm a fan. He's great at wine. He's great at soothing music for your soul. He's also not ugly. I don't even. You've know never what he seen. Looks like okay, now. I'll have to show you. I mean, he's like old now. Yeah, I mean, he, like, there's worse. Is all I'm saying. Good voice. Just close your eyes. Anyway, sorry. I feel like now is a good a good time for a left turn. <laughs> so Sarah is with me. Sarah and I, we just did the math before we, we jumped on. Sarah and I have been friends for 17 years. Disgusting. Yeah, it's so gross. <laughs> because I still feel 17. Mm-hmm. Do you ever do you ever feel I like feel that? I feel maybe like 20. I, I don't think I ever hit like the 20 mark. Do you remember the day <laughs> of my wedding? I turned, I don't know if you were next to me or not. I turned to my mom and I said to her, why are you letting me do this? Mm-hmm. I'm 12. Like, I literally was like, I don't, I feel like this is, like, I'm doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, even owning this house, I'm like, this isn't mine. Mm-hmm. It's but weird. it's a weird feeling. So, yeah, we've been friends for 17 years. Um, so we met on the first day of That's sixth grade. I'm trying to remember the block. 6-2-E. Miss wow, Tori's, yep. Miss Tori's um, language arts class. That well, was, we homeroom it was homeroom, it was the homeroom, but that's and the it was classroom. Also, yes. It was also a class. Yes. But I don't think you had her. Did you have Maybe her? Maybe not. Because there was also Miss Peterson. I had both of them. Wow, your memory is crazy. I know. But like for stuff like that, but if you remember, if you ask me to like remember to pay a bill, I'm like, what? <laughs> um, Do you remember the moment, like the first Yes, I remember everything. Do you? Yeah. Okay, so I, I remember, I honestly remember what I was wearing. It was the first time, it was the first day of sixth grade. It was the first time my mom let me shop at Abercrombie. Not Abercrombie and Fitch. It was Abercrombie Kids, remember? Mm-hmm. It, it was in the Freehold Mall at the time because um, obviously I couldn't fit into Abercrombie and Fitch, and I obviously still can't. Um, so I was wearing <laughs> a yellow shirt that said, it was from Abercrombie, it said, no autographs, please. No way. Swear to God. And then um, an Abercrombie zip up that was like navy blue and pink abercrombie and then 
Abercrombie jeans that flared, mm-hmm. obviously. Of course. But they were tight. That Those were the only jeans at the time mm-hmm. that, like, were tight that, like, your parents would let you wear. Because other than that, it was, like, you know, mud. Remember the mud brand? Mm-hmm. That's, like, what I was wearing up, up until, like, fifth grade. And, you know, just wanting to, like, look cool in these, like, tight jeans. So that was my outfit. I'm pretty sure my hair was half up, half down because I didn't know how to do it. Um, we, I walked in, I remember my face was really red Mm -hmm. because my fifth grade ex-boyfriend was going to be in our homeroom. Can do, can you, can you think of who it is? I'm, I'm not going to say it. I have no memory of that. Okay. That's fine. I'll tell you after we we stop. (laughs) I mean. Wait, but that's funny because I remember it as me walking in. mm -mm. I walked in. you were sitting. No, you were sitting, and I asked if any if the seat was taken. I remember that, but it's, like, reverse. That's not the first time this has happened that I've tried to remember. It was me and Kelly have done this before. Really? Yeah, it's, like, a reverse memory. Who knows? Frank I don't know. Put a virus Isn't that weird? Computer. I'm so angry. Um, sorry, I was Xing something out. Um, okay, so it was either I walked in or you walked either in. Either one. But I think it was me, because I remember my home, our homeroom was right next to Steph Borelli's homeroom. Mm-hmm. And she, her and I hugged, because, like, you know, we were never going to see each other again. Um, first day of school, we were scared. We hugged. That's why my face was red, because we were, like, squeezing each other. She went into her homeroom, and then I went into mine. And I'm almost positive that you were sitting. Okay, I'm thinking, yeah. Yeah. So I sat, and I said, is the seat taken? And you were like, no. And I sat, and you said, are you nervous? And I said, yeah, "Yeah, you? Like, not are you. I was like, yeah, you? Like, I'm trying to be cool already. (laughs) And you were like, yeah. And I was like, you know, that was it. That was like, we bonded. And I remembered... That just warms my heart because when I started middle school, I had no friends at that middle school because it was like the way my... Sandberg sock thing? Yeah. So I had like my friends from elementary school were all Sandberg. So I was like completely, I was so nervous because I was meeting Mm -hmm. everyone for the first time and you were like that angel that just like walked into the room immediately. I mean, that's always how I'm referred to. (laughs) Um, but, you know, what's funny is that the, I don't remember why, but she had us in homeroom, like, sit on the carpet that first day. I don't know if you remember. Mm -hmm. I think it was, like, about rules or something. And you said to me, oh, my God, I didn't realize how small you were. I'm so sorry. And that, I had a moment of, like, do I now hate this girl? Or do I just, like, let it go because you need a friend? Do I try not to judge? And I, I think I had a moment of, like, it's okay, she doesn't know you. And then, thank God, because you could have been written off so easy. That's so interesting, too, because people were doing that to me all the time. With the tall thing. Like, oh my God, you're so tall. Like, that was such a... Well, that's why I have almost an issue with it now as I get older. Because when I was younger, it did not bother me. Until I got to the point of when I was old enough that people should know better than to, like, comment on someone's appearance. Mm -hmm. That's when I think it bothered me the most. Like, when I was, like, in... like you know, high school, college, where I would, like, be somewhere, and they'd be like, oh, my God, you're so small. And I would be like, you know, mm-hmm. you wouldn't say that to somebody that, like, was overweight. You wouldn't say that to somebody who was severely underweight. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't say that – you wouldn't make fun of someone's, like, physical feature. Like, totally. you just wouldn't. Totally. Like, you wouldn't go up to somebody and be like, oh, your eyes are too close together. Right. Like, or just an um, observation. Like, your eyes are so blue. Like, that's how – Right. It's, like, really, like, you're so tall. Like, wow. Yeah. News. Yeah. But, well, now I've started to <laughs> – now I've started saying, oh my god, no way, I am? Or like, or like, 
uh, oh, yeah, no, it's not a secret. I've started to say that. Like, it's not a secret. Yeah. Um, because it's I'm telling... such a childish thing to say. Right. And it's like, but, yeah. and that's, but if you're going to act like an ass, I'm going to be like, okay, I'm going to give you a snarky comment yeah. back. Um, I really appreciate meeting people who don't bring it up at all. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's, like, you have a head, you have, you know, uh, a brain in your head. Um, but anyway. So we met in the first day of sixth grade. And it's just been consistent. I would I would mm-hmm. say I mean obviously you know when when I when we were in high school there was moments where like we all kind of or even beyond high school like we all kind of take take took a back seat um in in each other's lives because we were busy or you know we had things that we didn't want people to know about and we were kind of like reverting into ourselves but we were always constant I think in each other's mm-hmm. lives and I'm speaking for me you and Kelly who's not here um and unfortunately, you know, things have happened where, like, we had a bigger circle, it's now smaller, and, and that's okay. I think that we went, we were in high school with, like, a bunch of friends. And as time has gone on, it's just you, I actually tell my students all the time, like, guys, I still have the same best friends from when I was 11. Like, so when they're all obsessed wow. with having, like, a million friends and they need to be the most popular oh my god so-and-so is mad at me blah blah blah, blah. I'm like I have three friends like, I literally have three friends I have well I mean maybe like four but that's it like you don't need a million friends mm-hmm. so I always think about that because when we were in high school it was always like our core group but there was like others that were like circling you know circling us or rotating around us but we've, we've always been constants in each other's lives. Like, more like family. Yeah, and, and I think that that's... I don't... You know what's funny is that I don't see you guys as friends or family at this point. I just, like... It's just, like, a part of me. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't... I almost feel weird even, like, saying, like, my friend or my best friend. Because I don't even think about it that mm-hmm. way. Which is funny because I think of your sister as my sister. Like, mm-hmm. that's not even a thought. So, like, it's funny because I don't even... But I don't think of you that way. Because I think it's just beyond that. Is, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and I feel like that that's also with time. Like, I've, I haven't... The only person I've known... Lo- the only people I've known longer than you are my family and myself. That's crazy. Like, I've known myself for, obviously, however many years I've been alive. And my parents and my brother, the same thing. Next in line is you and Kelly and, and Kelsey. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that's wild. It is. I'm so grateful. We've definitely been through everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, as well as, like, our families and, and just, like, the... I don't know. I feel like anytime I think back on any hard season, I've always had you and I've always had Kelly. I've always had Kelsey. And along the way, like, Taryn has come in, like... Taryn has become one of my best friends too and it's like and you know you meet people you have your work friends you have you know people you meet like college friends and things like that but it's not the same Mm -hmm. I think any friendship I've made it's it's and I'm grateful for every you know every friendship I had made throughout that time but it's just like you can't hold a candle to it when it comes to to the I think the the level of um deepness I want to say like (laughs) You know the depth of it because we've seen too much we know too much do you know oh, yeah. what I mean like I would be guilty by association like 
immediately. <laughs> that was some lawyer jokes for you. <laughs> Sarah's a, an attorney or a lawyer or whatever fancy word you're going to use. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have been talking about, Sarah and I have been talking about for forever, like at least since I started this podcast pretty much, that we wanted to talk about anything. We didn't really ever have like a, a clear focus up until maybe what, like less than a year ago. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now... Um, Sarah and I are kind of in this unique position for different reasons that we've had to be active in setting boundaries in our lives. Um, and like I said, different reasons, but both important and the same. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to kind of pick your brain, if you will let me, about what it's really meant to, um create and establish boundaries in your life over the past year. So how long do you think that you've been actively establishing boundaries in your life? Very recently. Really? So actively, very recently. So besides that, do you have like a memory? Like what's your first memory with establishing a boundary in your life? Because I tried to think of this myself and I couldn't. I, like, couldn't. And I've also recently tried to do this myself. And it made me realize how, like, rarely I establish a boundary. And I think the... So, like, the test, I think, that that works for me. Which, so, I can preface. I've gone through a transition. A very intense transition. (laughs) To put it lightly... Um, with a big relationship in my life. So I'm back home living with my parents. So if you want to talk about boundaries. Yeah, really. Like, here we go. (laughs) But, um, like with my parents, I like, forget it. Like I've realized that boundaries for me are like best, like I've had the most success with boundaries where the relationship is like very solid. Yeah. The more solid. That's okay. We're just going to take a a music break here. It's fine. The doorbell's going to ring in a minute anyway, probably. It's fine. Well, listen, like like I said, I affectionately refer to this as my dumpster fire, so it's fine. (laughs) So with your, with, when it's a solid relationship. Right. Because I've realized that the, the most successful brand, like, an example of like a, doesn't even take me a thought, is like with my parents. Mm -hmm. Like being home. Like, it sounds like a silly example, but, like, something that's been important to me lately has been going to sleep, like, having a sleep schedule. Yeah. And, like, at home, it's, like, no questions asked. Like, I will, I'm going to go to sleep at this time, wake up at this time, like, whatever routine. It's, like, no guilt or anything of saying, like, no, like, I'm not going to do whatever. Like, you should stay up. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's, like, obviously it's my parents. Like, there's They're zero... Like, okay, good night. Like, there's nothing right. odd there's about no, it. There's no, like, need to people, please. So it's, like... Or the, explain. Yes. Or feel, like, guilty or anything like that. Like, I feel like the... Like, it's an indirect proportion to how comfortable I feel in the relationship, I guess. Well, that makes sense. Because if you... If you have a sense of comfort of, like, I don't feel afraid to say this to this person, mm-hmm. then you also know to a certain level or extent that they're going to respect the boundary. When it's something that you're like, oh, I don't know if I can say that, that's when you're like, it's not only am I afraid to say it, but I'm afraid to follow through. Right. Right. I, um, 
I would agree. I think, but it's funny because I don't, I have trouble establishing boundaries with my family. Really? But it's to no fault of them. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and I think it's just the way that I was raised. Like, if I see a family member calling, I don't have a minute of like, maybe I'll just call them back. Like, I always feel like I have to answer the phone. No matter what I'm doing, I could be in the middle of something super important, but I'm like, oh, let me just pick up the phone. Whereas, like, I think that if I just said to them I can't talk right now, they'd be like, no problem. Mm -hmm. But I, it's for me. It's me because I think I'm such a people pleaser that I'm like, oh, I gotta, gotta." like, I can't even answer Mm -hmm. answer the phone and be like, hey, I have five minutes. Like, however long they want to talk to me is how long I stay on the phone. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not good. It's like a time sucker. I mean, I, I mean... And this is, like, really morbid, so I, I almost am, like, oh, I don't know if I want to say it. But, like, sometimes I'm, like, Daniela, you don't know how much longer you're, like, you don't know one day you're going to miss these phone calls. Mm-hmm. So, like, just shut up and, and stay on the phone. Mm-hmm. But then I'm, like, well, I had 27 things to do, and now I have time for one. Um, but I that it's funny because your perception is, like, the stronger the relationship, where for me I'm, like, I think the stronger the relationship is, the harder it is for me to establish a boundary. Mm. I don't know if I mean, like, the, the strength of the relationship. I don't know. It's more like a... Comfort? If I have, like, any type of... Not even, like, a conscious... More like an unconscious, like... I don't know. Like, a sense of safety in that relationship. Like, yeah. to me, there's nothing more solid than, like, my parents. Yeah. I don't feel any need to, like, people please with those types of people in my life. So I've, like, newly realized yeah. how much I do want to people-please with other people. That makes certain sense. Certain people. That makes sense. That, like, even if I have, like, a perception that the relationship is strong, it's, like, that deep down, maybe there's, like, a fear that that person needs, like, I don't know. So then let me ask you needs, this. like, reassurance. When you establish a boundary, whatever it is, is there, regardless of who it's for, do you ever have a guilt or a feeling of guilt associated with that boundary? Absolutely. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. So why do you think that is? Why do you think like you're like, okay, whatever, let's say the boundary is um, once a week I stay home and do something for me. I, I think that's something that you, mm-hmm. you have established for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say I were to call you and say, hey, come over. Would you feel guilty? Yeah. Wow, really? I I mean, now that, maybe not so much with, like, you. Yeah, Because you know, like, you know what's up. You know what I'm trying to do. Well, yeah. And not everyone understands that, you know? So then, should I just ask my follow-up question then? Because I, I, like, because I think that's important. Like, do you feel like there's people who think they're exempt from the boundary that you're, that you set? Maybe. Because I think for me, like, if I'm, like, I'm not... I don't want to talk about X anymore. I don't want to talk about this, whatever it is, anymore. And I establish that boundary with everybody. I think there are still people in my life that would be like, oh, so let's talk about whatever it is I, I don't want to talk about. I think some people think that because of who they are in my life, they can still, they can, they can, they're not um, included in, in the establishment of the boundary. Even after you've communicated it. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's almost like they can't help it. Which, listen, like, I'm not in the business of changing other people. Mm-hmm. I'm in the business of changing, or not changing, but working on me. So the only thing I've been able to kind of say is, I, I'm no longer talking about that thing. 
just kind of consistently mm-hmm. right. communicating and that's, that's that. That's holding it down. Yeah, I mean it's it's rough, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, okay, so that was my. So, what are the things that are or that you would consider like non-negotiables when it comes to establishing boundaries? Like, what is something that you are like? No matter what, I'm sticking to this. Hmm. It's a hard question. It's a hard question, but, like, recently I had this realization, it's a little sad, but, like, I pictured my, like, younger, like, little girl self, like, four years old, Mm -hmm. very spunky. I was very spunky. That does not shock me. Like, I would watch something on TV, for example, and it's, like, when people would start getting into situations where, I don't know, maybe something happened and they were embarrassed and they weren't, like, just telling the truth. So then, like, a conflict would arise. Yeah. And I would just be like, that's so silly. Like, like why any episode of Full House. Right. Like, literally, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would just be like, that would have been resolved if, like, this girl, she, she just, like, said the truth or, like, did the right thing. Like, like little, like, it just seemed like, wow, adults, like, just get into these stupid, silly little conflicts. That could have been avoided if they were just, like, if they stood their ground and did what they knew was right. Like, that came so easily for me when I was young. And I was like, I'm not going to get comp, of course. Isn't I grow that up crazy? And that... I get all complicated. Yeah. And I start doing... And so I've recently felt like I started allowing treatment, I guess you could say, in my life in many different contexts that I found myself thinking that, like, that little girl in me would be disappointed. I like that. And that really hit me. Well, because you're also, like, not... It's not really about you, because you look at that little girl as a separate person, right? Mm -hmm. At least I do. When I think about... I do a lot of work with my therapist about, like, the parts of you, Mm -hmm. and, like, certain parts of you are are different ages. So, like, there's, like, a five-year-old part of me that I'm doing a lot of work with, and Mm -hmm. she always... My therapist always says to me, don't talk to you, talk to her. Like, as if she was a separate person, like... What does she need to hear from you? Mm -hmm. Um, Different context, obviously, but, like, I always find it helpful because you don't ever want to hurt a little child next to you. Mm -hmm. Like, the way that I talk to myself, I would never talk to her that way because she's just a little baby. But I'm like, you know, when you're like, you're an idiot, you're stupid, you know, you're worthless. I would never say that to a little kid. So, but that's, but that's true with, like, so what you're saying is, like, a non-negotiable for you is, is becoming... Like, reverting back to that Right, like, I, I never, I, I now realize that I never want to start, like, allowing my life to look like something where I know deep down, I feel like that little girl in me would be, like, <laughs> you, 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 you want, like, you know what you want. Yeah. You know what you believe you deserve. That's beautiful. You know? Yeah. So that's, like, my, like, how I check in. It's also, like, ground, it's very grounding. It's, all it like... If you ever need to kind of bring yourself almost like back down to earth, because we always we're, we're always in a constant like flurry of like feelings and emotions of like out of control or overwhelmed. And if you want to like just think about like okay, what like almost like what would Jesus do? But like what would the little girl do? <laughs> yeah, and that I feel she, like that's like, so she nice. She was no bullshit. She yeah. was like she knew what was right. That's and amazing. It's not even like it was like I'm surrounded by all these bad people or something like that. No, it was more like an inner. Just, like, I feel, if I can speak for you, I feel like you you were kind of in, just, like, always in, like, a state of turmoil. Like, you didn't know what, what the right thing to do was, because if you did one thing, you were hurting somebody else or yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, you put yourself, 
I don't even want to say second, like third, fourth in your life. And I think that that can, that can linger long after you transition into something else in your life. So I think relearning or, or, or unlearning really the habits that you have then become the boundaries that you want to set. Right. Like yeah. building the life and the, the expectations you set for yourself and for other people. Yeah. And I think that's actually what boundaries, I think a lot of people think of boundaries as ways to keep people out, mm. but it really is just a way to help yourself in, like right. keep yourself in, ch- in check or in tune with what you need. Mm-hmm. It's not a wall. It's a window. Mm-hmm. right like totally it's not like I, you're not allowed it's you're or a door even like you're allowed but when I open the door mm-hmm. that's how I always have seen it so mm-hmm. now do you think of boundaries or any boundaries that you have do you see it as like one general category or do you have different boundaries personally and professionally that's a good one I think professionally to be honest I'm pretty proud of myself I think I've done a good job at like very I don't know. I didn't really even think about it. I'm very grateful to people in my life, especially my sister, um, that were always, like, for a long time, because I was in grad school when you guys all started working. Yeah. So I feel like I got a lot of examples before I entered the workforce of, like, you need to establish establish those boundaries. No one's going to tell you to. You need to just do it yourself. Which is so funny because I think you can, because I started working before you did, you probably saw that I had zero mm-hmm. boundaries when it came to... Prof- I'm just establishing work boundaries now six years into my profession. And that's a lot of undoing. But right. but anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to uh, interrupt your thought process. Yeah, I don't know. And I guess it, it goes back to the relationship. Like, I can look at the relationship, and to me, if I feel more, like, steady and solid, it's, like, a no-brainer. But, again, in my personal life, I virtually had zero boundaries. Right. But with work, I don't know, it came pretty easy that I knew that I had to just do it myself. So, so you do see it as two separate things? Um, I guess so. Well, it's just like the quality of the relationship. Yeah, I, I, I like that. And it's funny because I also see it as two separate things. Because I think there's a time and a place for a boundary. And some of them are constant and some of them are like um, situational. Mm-hmm. So like a constant boundary that I have tried to establish especially this year you know amidst a pandemic where work and home are the same place so Mm -hmm. it's very easy like where we are sitting right now is where I record episodes but it's also where I work but it's also some days where I eat lunch and it's also some days where I you know answer emails or I get bills paid like this room used to be a guest room this room is now an office that is so multi you know it's, it's a multi-purpose room almost, but I don't change the person that I am in the room. So, like, mm. I can no longer relax in this room. This room used to be a room where I would sit and read. And, like, you, you know, it has the bookshelf, it has my little area, and it would be my room. Because Frank has the den downstairs, like, his video game situation, movies, and this is my room to unwind. Because, you know, that's another boundary. Like, you know, not to get off the, you know, the subject or my train of thought, but, like, even in my marriage, we have boundaries, which is, like, when I want to be alone and you want to be alone, that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. We're not going to take that as, like, a, you know, a dig or a threat. Like, there are most days, well, not most days, but some days where I'm, like, you go do your thing, I'm going to go do my thing. And then we'll meet back in a couple hours and we'll watch, you know, an episode of whatever. So, anyway, this room has stopped being a calm room 
because this is where I work all day long. This is where I'm live. Like I have to be on when I'm in this room, whether it's live streaming on Zoom with my students or doing this. Like you have to be on. Now here I'm like my, my walls are down much more obviously, but the work-life balance is something that I have to like, it's not natural. I have to constantly like be reminded. So what I've started to do is I don't come into this room unless there's a purpose for it. So like I stop checking my work email on the weekends. I don't answer after, you know, four o'clock or whatever it is, which is also past the time that I should be. But for me, that's like a normal, you know, ending point. Um, I've stopped, I've stopped making myself readily available for like parents, students, the whole thing. Because, you know, I, I noticed that like it wasn't hurting anybody besides me. Like it, you know, them seeing that I was so readily available was appreciated, but for me, I'm just chipping away at the time that I have off of work. Mm -hmm. Like every email that I respond to after four o'clock is now my time. And I, I wasn't willing to negotiate that anymore. Especially like we had a snow day on Thursday. I didn't come into this room at all and it felt great. Mm -hmm. Literally didn't check one email, didn't grade one paper. And like there was always stuff to do. There's always things to do when it comes to work. The work never stops. But I was like, nope. And I read a book. I, you know, I, I posted about it. Um, I read a book. I hung out with the dog. Frank and I watched a movie. Like it was a nice day and I didn't feel guilty about it, mm -hmm. which I think is new. That's a new emotion because I would have felt guilty you know even even a month ago mm -hmm. I would have been like oh my god but I could be grading you know x or, or whatever um that's, so that's so interesting that you say that about this room because I was just hearing something about the residual energy that you leave in a place mm -hmm. where you continuously do the same thing and like you can think of like worldwide like famous like um temples or something yeah. where you go and you could literally feel it because for so many years it's like the same like ritual yeah. took place there. So it's like you can feel the workspace. Oh yeah. This has become the workspace and it was never supposed to be. Mm -hmm. um, because I was really good about only grading or doing work while I was at work. Like I would be really, I, that was something that I really tried hard to not bring work home, like grading. And I would only leave like papers or projects or, you know, whatever essays at work. Mm-hmm. Now it's all here. Yeah. So th it's changed the balance of this room. Um, whereas, like, I don't even I don't even sit on that couch anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't use it because I'm always sitting in this chair. Mm -hmm. And it's sad because it's a beautiful room. Yeah. I love this room. But now, you know, I love it with, like, a, you know, a splash of resentment. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So can you give me an example of big or small, about one boundary that you have established in your, in your life this year? Like one thing that maybe you're proud of that you've established. It's okay if you want to say more than one. To be honest, I don't know that I have one. Really? That you're proud that, of? That is like a new one? Like, uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm proud of the fact, I guess, that like, the people in my life that are solid, I've kind of had these boundaries that I never even, like, purposely put up. Okay. They were just, like, effortlessly there. Like, I'm, the stage that I'm at is really realizing lack of boundaries. Okay. So you don't, so you're not at the point of, like, here's where I'm going to implement. It's just, 
wow, I kind of let you come and go as you please. Yeah. Whether that's like a you as a person or a situation or yeah. a, or anything, an energy. Yeah, like I didn't even think about it. So that's funny because my, my last question for you was, have you set any boundaries people are unaware of? So I think I need to rephrase that of like, do you have boundaries that I guess right now you don't even realize that you do have? Because I have boundaries that nobody else knows that I have. They're just really? for me. Yeah. Huh. I think, okay, maybe. I think they can probably tell. <laughs> but, and I think I, you know what I'm talking about. Um, mm. But I've never told them or that, you know, this is the boundary. I've just established it within myself, and I think, you know, silence is golden. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I've never had to say it. Mm -hmm. It's just known. Right. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you don't, you don't always have yeah. to say it. There doesn't need to be a, an answer or a response. Right. Like, ever. If you, like, you're, like, acting from that place, mm -hmm. some, like, truly acting from that place, you might not need to say it. Right. But one thing I will say, though, because you mentioned earlier, and I sort of forgot... But over these past few months, like, making time for myself on the weekends, like, I try and I fail, like, a lot, but I do try to, like, have one day at least of the weekend where I, like, don't leave the house, don't make plans. It's so hard because, like, one of you guys will call me or something. Right. Something will be going on and I don't, like, I feel so bad saying no, but... But you shouldn't I, because yeah. we're also, like, okay. Yeah. Like, I don't do anything on a Sunday. Don't ask me to. Yeah. Besides, like, obviously, when we had, like, right, preconceived. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, if you, like, let's say tomorrow were to come, and you're like, hey, you want to, no. You yeah. sh we could go, no. What if, what if we went, <laughs> no. Like, I'd, the only thing that I do on a Sunday is laundry and a shop right trip. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll probably wear this outfit again. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, no. <laughs> what if we, No. <laughs> We could go to the... No! <laughs> Actually, th I just totally plagiarized that. Um, uh, <laughs> remember remember Chris D'Elia, the comedian? Yes. Oh, oh so sad. R.I.P. So, well, well, he's not dead, but yeah, he might but, as well be. Yeah. Um, if you guys don't know what we're referring to, Chris D'Elia, who, like, I loved, and Frank loved. Like, Frank liked him. We saw him, like, six times live. Like, we loved him. Uh, you know, he was just... Getting getting frisky with underage girls, and yes, now yeah, and now we just have to cancel you all together. And it's like, why? Do, how could you do that to us? I know, come on. And I feel really stupid saying that, but it's like, really, we were rooting. You remember, remember America's Next Top Model with Tyra Banks? We were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you, literally. I was rooting for him, and he fucked it up. Sorry, I've been cursing way more often on these episodes than I have in like the year, almost a year that I've been doing this. It's twenty twenty. It is 2020, but I do have family members who listen that are probably like, oh my god. They're probably like, it's 2020. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Got that? Got that, all the family members? Did you <laughs> did you hear me say on my last episode that my grandmother thinks I'm on You're the radio? <laughs> Kelly texted me, and she was like, wait. <laughs> Mama thinks you're on the radio and I said yeah and she was like that's the best thing ever and I'm like I I how do you explain this to somebody who is not gonna get it mm -hmm. like you just can't I, uh, <laughs> this is coming from the woman who has like six Facebook accounts who doesn't realize she has six what? Facebook accounts yeah also I don't know what family member did this but like I'm if it I think it was my two cousins who I love and adore Vincent and David they put or she put I don't know who did it 
my grandmother's Facebook page says she went to Fairleigh Dickinson University. <laughs> oh my god. She did not. <laughs> and I just think it's the funniest. Like, it's the funniest. I'm not on Facebook anymore. I, I took myself <laughs> off. But, like, sometimes I'll just look at that because I think it's so funny. Um, I'll eventually go back, but, you know, sometimes you just need a minute. Mm-hmm. It or was many minutes. Many. It was getting... I haven't been on since November 6th, I think it was. Um, I just needed a, a second. They, it was getting hateful mm. up in there. Yeah. Mm. One thing that's been nice in the boundary arena, I guess, oh, is yeah. social media detox. Yeah. For me. Sarah got off all social media, right? Yeah. All of it? Yeah. I mean, you weren't overly active. No. Um... But your presence is missed. I'm not putting any guilt on you, but I am saying sometimes when I see like a funny baby video or a dog or I want to show you a picture of Bucky, mm-hmm. I'm like, hey. But That's usually I'll just miss. screenshot it and send it to you. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. It's a nice filter. Like when I hear people talking about how stressed out they are because their social media feeds are like ridiculous. Hateful. Yeah. I'm like, feels good. And you know what, I think, and I I talked to your sister about this too, because she has done like short-term ones, like 30 days here, 30 days there, whatever. Um, And she always had that fear of like, but I'm going to be missing something. And then after that 30 days or whatever the time period is, she's like, I don't really feel like I missed anything. Like, it's really okay. Mm -hmm. If it's really that important, I would have found out about it. Um, And I think that's my issue of like, I've stopped caring if I'm going to miss it. Like, I don't, Facebook, like... I don't care. Um, the only, and like I actually, there's a feature on Instagram, I don't know if it's new or not, but it can, um, it tells you the, your least amount of interactions with people. Like it's like, that's like, um, a, uh, a feature. So I click that and. Like the people you've had the least interactions with. Yeah. On the opposite of your top eight. Right. Your bottom (gasps) eight. Remember the top eight? Mm -hmm. So it gives you like a list of people. And if there's people on there that I like, I don't even remember that I follow. So I started just unfollowing people. Like guilt free. Like I haven't talked to you in 12 years. Unfollow. Um, Because it's like, and it's like celebrities or like people that I thought like, oh, I'm going to follow. And now I'm like, why do I, I don't care. Like. I love Gordon Ramsay, but I don't really care what he's doing Which on Instagram. 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 It says least amount of interactions or something like that. Huh. And I just think that that's like, that's nice. That's so sneaky because it's like to remind you of the people you're least likely. So maybe to like get you back into them. Yeah, but it's having the opposite effect on me. <laughs> it's like, oh, I haven't talked to that person in how many years? Unfriend. Uh-huh. There's people who like, no matter what, even if I haven't spoken to them, I'll stay connected with because I like seeing like their life or, you know, there's, there's people who mean more than least interacted with but most of the time it's like a random celebrity that I don't really care about and that's what I've actually started to filter out too I started unfollowing anyone you know famous or not that when I see their posts it makes me feel bad about myself Mm -hmm. just get rid of them like I used to follow Victoria's Secret on Instagram and I'm like in what world that's they don't even really look like that you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. that's not what they actually look like so it's like okay we're we're done goodbye I've really just started to fill it with like if I'm going to spend time on this app, I want to be able to use it. Like, I've started following a lot of, like, things to, like, make me learn things. Like, educational, you know, profiles. Um, because I feel like if I'm going to spend my time on it, at least I should be getting something out of it. Mm-hmm. But I do need more boundaries when it comes to... Social media. Just my phone in general. Mm-hmm. Like, I am always, you know, getting a text or an email or, a, or, you know, especially with this podcast Instagram page, 
you know, you, you feel almost like the pressure to constantly generate. And, you know, and I think that it's okay if I don't, but there's also that like little voice that's like, do you want more followers? It's like, do you, I don't really care. Um, so yeah, it's, wow. Wow. What? It's just such a crazy world we're living in. I know. Like that's a manufactured voice that like literally the engineers of these social media apps plant, like that's what they created. Right. They created that and you're, now it's in your head. Yeah. And that's wild. It's in the people's like millions of people's heads. It is. And it's like, it's loud. Scary. It's a loud voice. Sorry. Frank wants to know, if the doorbell rings, is Buffy going to bark? They will leave it at the door. We ordered He's food. knocked out. Oh, yeah. But, you know, Karen's also going to be here in a minute. Um, okay. Any, any final words? <laughs> um, yeah, we don't, we have no, we have no good segues. <laughs> we don't, we as in the production team of of in short supply Supply here yeah incorporated please it's like in short supply maybe one day we're gonna (laughs) shut down i don't know we're here today oh my god shut down Mm -mm. um oh i see i already forgot i wanted to shout out three things one thank you to my friend al who let me uh use his words last episode and he said that this podcast was absolutely fantastic, and I've been riding that high for, like, a week. So thank you very much for that, Al. I also wanted to make sure I just talked about two small businesses. I know that we're, like, kind of coming into the home stretch of the holiday season, and, and okay, yeah, we're going to probably go back to real life and not think about small businesses, but I think if you're going to kind of stick to anything that... I think has more of a an effect on you as a person than like the buyer or the the seller do you know what I mean like I I felt so much better and this is also my own issues but like I felt so much better shopping small that I don't know if I'm going to be able to like fully ignore that anymore and I think that that's actually not a bad idea so I follow um this account on Instagram it's called East Nash teacher I think she's East Nash East Nash teacher she's a teacher in Nashville you know how I feel about Nashville. <laughs> We're going to go back, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, she's a teacher in Nashville who makes t-shirts um, about, like, teaching English or teaching, you know, all these other... She teaches English personally, but um, she makes t-shirts, and I'm obsessed with them. So I have one that says, ask me what I'm reading. I just ordered two more. Sorry, Frank doesn't know that yet. Um, one that says, yes, you can. And another one that says, books make us better people. And then I ordered a crew neck sweatshirt that says teach. Um, she has the cutest sayings. They're not all teacher related. Like there's ones that are like kind of political. There's ones that are like um, inspirational, like, you know, help each other bloom and things like that. It's they're, they're and they're so beautifully made. They're like the nice quality t-shirt. It's not like, you know, the scratchy one. Um, and she's adorable. She looks like a little angel she's so cute um i've i i love her actually that's where the sticker's from i got this sticker on my phone uh, when i when i order so cute right Mm -hmm. ask me what i'm reading um so i wanted to make sure i talked about that and also this is not um a product but it's a it's a store um i'd wax that beauty bar in homedale my girl i talked to you about this my Mm -hmm. girl priscilla over at uh i'd wax that beauty bar follow her on instagram she has the funniest little like clip I'm not on TikTok but I know she's big on TikTok she does um like you know uh 
videos or whatever about like waxing or um just some of the things that people are like afraid of when it comes to, to waxing and she's like like she's so body positive which I, I truly appreciate because no matter what you're getting waxed it's very intimate um it could be your your you know your eyebrows or uh, you know your nether regions and you you know it's there's there's always like that level of like insecurity because when she's getting very close to my face I'm like Ooh, oh my god you know like sorry right. um and you know sorry for my pores <laughs> Um, but she's amazing, she's hilarious, she's so genuine, and she's excellent at what she does. So I get a brow uh, wax and tint. So she does a little little tinting of my eyebrows, and they always look phenomenal. Um, so make sure you go check her out. I'd wax that beauty bar. She's on Instagram. I think she's on TikTok. I don't know anything about that app because it scares the bejesus out of me. Um, but, yeah, I wanted to make sure I talked about those two. So, yeah. I feel like now is a good time to kind of wrap it up. We're going to get our Uber Eats in a minute and have ourselves an evening. Um, thank you, everybody, who has shared the previous episode on their stories and has continued to subscribe. Um, it means more to me than you know. Thank you, Sarah, for being here. It was a joy. Thank you for you're having so, me. You're so welcome. <laughs> um, Bucky was a big hit, too, snoring over there. Mm-hmm. Um Okay, so boundaries, keep them, embrace them, establish them, right? Respect them. Respect. Respect them. All right, y'all. Have yourselves a happy everything.